Thanks for checking out the Community Recap Podcast, where there's no cap and all truth. As we discuss various aspects of the Christian life and look back to our past Sunday sermons to discuss what we can learn from them. Let's tune into this week's episode of the Community Recap Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Community Recap Podcast. Episode 20, shoot off the, man, there you go. Yes, that's right. Confetti cannons, just if you would have seen it, confetti cannons, confetti's falling. Mm -hmm. Man, people are cheering. We've made it. We made it. We made 20. We didn't think we'd make five. Um, that's why we well we made six, six or seven. Six. That's why we, we did it. That's why we did it. Just <laughs> to ensure before we even released yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Man, it's a big milestone. Yeah, glad to have y'all tuning back in this week. Uh, um, man, first off, obviously I have some explaining to do. Uh oh. Um. Well, I just had a lot of people. Oh, who night listen of worship. No, no, no. No. Oh. I. I Oh, just let me talk, man. Well, you like my wife just interrupting me all the time. Yeah, you may want to start this over. Uh, you may have just got you in trouble. <laughs> no, but um, there was a lot of people who were concerned yeah. about my humility. What do you mean? Oh, fantasy about fantasy football. Yeah, there were and, a few at our uh, community group outing. That. Well, I mean, there was several actually in the church who yeah. were concerned for me. And I just want to... You know, kind of express. How'd you do this week? Yeah, I want to express. Um, I did. I did lose this week. Not only did you lose, you had the lowest points. I did out of everybody in the league. Um, but as a good person that I am, who wants to justify it, okay, let me justify it. Yeah, man. Because I had my best running back go out of the game. Yeah, shouldn't have picked him. My second best wide receiver didn't even play, but a hat like a quarter because he got a concussion. Yeah, my kicker rolled his ankle on the opening kickoff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was I was kind of down for the count anyway. Right. Um, but that's okay. Shout out to Brian, Brian Church. Got, got his first got the, got the got the win first got win the of the w. season against me yeah man it's gonna be a good year it's gonna be i always have fun with it gives us a little bit of uh um you know fun competition yeah i was man. just gonna say all that to say like i still fully expect to win you, you I, I, it's I still just don't. a minor setback for a major it's a bump comma. it's a bump in the road yeah and you're gonna have Here's those the things you can't predict you're gonna have those right you, you'll, you'll have those right so yeah, don't don't despair. Uh, do you I mean, go, I won. I'm about to say, do you want to go? <laughs> I, mean, and, I mean, I won. And, you know, and brag so I mean, about you or well, listen, I would have probably been in a little bit better mood to to kind of go if I would have been the high score of the week, which I was the second high. My mood is not determined by a fantasy football score. I wish I was sanctified to that point. You're not, but I'm not. You're obviously man. not. So I feel good about it. I'm excited. Uh, where where we're at, and so yeah, it was, it was good. Uh, my Jets did not do good. So for those that don't know, I'm a New York Jet fan, and so pretty much every year I I know that I'm not gonna have much to. That's why you invest so much into fantasy. Yes, because you know it's a fantasy if the Jets it's a fantasy world win. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm not phased. We, we, we shall uh, we shall rebuild. Uh, and going to this week, looking for my first win. Yeah, so. man. Yeah, it's going to be sure good. People, other than that, the people really. Other than that, nobody really cares about, about this. That. Probably. Other than that, I think people do. People care about you. Well, fantasy. They football. care about you know uh, what's going on in your life, and obviously uh, not much because your team did right. not do good. Mm-hmm. Well, how was your week, man? I had a good week. Just across the across the board, I had a good week. I mean, you know, wasn't anything uh, out of the ordinary, uh, but it was a good week. I've jumped back into seminary, and so um, this week is actually midterms for me. But uh, I'm enjoying it, man. I, I get to learn a lot and get to uh, really kind of pour into some theological mid-terms? studies. And Isn't mid-terms. That, shouldn't that be midway through the year? I take eight-week classes, and oh, so this is week weeks. four, okay. so yes, it is, and man, it, it can be a lot, but man, I'm really enjoying it, and hopefully it'll be a blessing to the church as well as I continue yeah. to 
kind of mm-hmm. grow in in that. So, uh, good week, good week. Um, in, enjoying my seminary studies. Uh, yesterday, got to spend uh, some time with Grace and the kids, just out running errands, and um, and we had a good we had a good day. We didn't really rest a whole lot, but we had a good day. And I, mean, I got some things done around the house this weekend, and so uh, I feel like it was a productive. How did your garage look? Week, but very nice. Very nice. That's what I worked on. That's nice. what I did. There I got go. the garage cleaned up and reorganized, which it wasn't in awful shape, but it definitely needed a little TLC. I got to get mine straight, man. It's, yeah. It's, ours still looks like we, we just moved in. Really? It's hard to get so, out there, especially with the, the dead heat of summer. You don't want to be out there. I mean, it's hot, and, you yeah. know, those things, but yeah. I needed to get to it, got to it, and, and man. It was nice this weekend. It was, it was very nice, weekend. nice this weekend. starting to cool off just a little bit. And so, man, I'm I'm looking forward to the fall. A lot of good things happening here at the church. And then, you know, a little cooler weather for people to get out and do some things. And, man, hoodie weather, you know. It's coming. Uh, sweater weather is coming. It's coming. Yeah. Break it out and get ready for, get ready for that. So. Yeah, which leads me to... Um, I wasn't planning on saying this, but I, I feel like I need to. Are you fixing to tell some? I'm drop fixing big, to drop. Oh, man. For the people who listen to this, they'll yeah. have some insight. What is it? Uh, we have some fall merch. Oh, you! yeah, I got to see some of that. Some you all are merch. not going to want to miss out on this next round of church merch. We got I really hoodies. Like, man, I'm loving where you're going with and it. Sweaters. Yes. And long sleeves, mm-hmm. short sleeves. And then we got some for the kids. Yes. Specifically designed the for, for the kids. Sizes that are going to be nice. So. To fit them. And be so on the lookout. It's, it's coming. coming. It's, it's coming, coming man. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Well, I, I, I kind of want to start off um, talking about Sunday with um, just a reminder for the people listening, but also that I was reminded of again on Sunday. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things in ministry that happens that people are very unaware. They just, they don't know kind of really what all goes into it, but also the, the dependence you have on certain things happening and people and, um, to get through, to make it, to do what we do. And so, uh, just wanted to share that, um, this Sunday, uh, was <laughs> one of those weeks that I went into it just thinking like, oh man, this isn't this isn't going to be good. Um, we had missing some pieces and some yeah, things we that happened some, last minute. Yeah, you know that Saturday evening text message, hey, not going to be able to make it type of thing. And so, mm. um, it's in that moment where you truly there's two things. I guess there is obviously reliance upon the Lord. That's right. But then there's also the the fleshly side of me that's like, man, this is going to be terrible. Yeah. I mean, people yeah. aren't even going to enjoy it. Yada yada yada. Right. Um, because I want it. I want it to be really good every week. I mean, our our goal is excellent. Yeah, and so, anyway, Sunday, um, man, the Lord I, moved, didn't he? It's just a reminder that. God, so good. The Lord is going to do what He wants to do. That's right. No matter what we, mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter what we put forth, like He, He is going. Nothing is going to stop Him. Mm-hmm. And so, I was so encouraged by the Spirit this this Me too, this man. Sunday. We had that was good. We had people coming up during the worship to pray. Yes, I loved it. We had people on their face worshiping, mm. literally on their yeah. face yeah. worshiping. Holy I Spirit had people move. telling me that they, uh, this was amazing. This song, this, I mean, I just, yeah, uh, you it's know, great. And, I, and, great. and then after Sunday, I'm just reminded, like, okay, Lord, like, that's right. Who am I to doubt you? Amen. So, just man, so encouraged from the day Sunday because you know, in my eyes, it wasn't going to go well. Yeah. Um, and man, are we futile? Are we? Are that's we? Right. Do we know very little? Of what the mm-hmm. Lord's going to do. So, yeah. That's super right. encouraging. He gets all the glory. That's right. Touch not thy glory. That's it. That's it. Well, let's jump in. Um, man, we were talking about Barack Obama. Th- I mean, an- the Antichrist <laughs> this week. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're crazy, man. Uh, You're crazy. Anyway, um, super interesting. Um, I think we're getting to the part of Revelation that a lot of people are like, yeah. 
I want to know about yeah, this. Yeah, right, you know? right. I think I'm going to disappoint a lot of people because I don't, I don't really go, I don't have any intention of going down. I'm not going to expose the Antichrist. You know, this, I don't know. I don't think anybody yeah. knows. We won't know. He, uh, you, you won't know until... Um, you won't know till you know. You know, I, it, it really, it's not going to be obvious to us, right? I, I just, I don't think it's meant to be obvious to, to Do us. Do you think we'll know who it is? You know the what? Church? I, I think, again, if you're a part of the church that's raptured, not knowing, I don't think there's a big gap in between the rapture of the church and the signing of the treaty between the Middle Eastern powers that really starts the seven-year tribulation because you got to remember the rapture isn't what starts the seven-year tribulation it is the peace treaty that is signed that starts the seven-year tribulation because it'll be halfway through that peace yeah, i've treaty. always heard the peace in the middle east type thing yes right mm-hmm. yeah so that's what starts right the seven-year tribulation it you know there could be quite a bit of time in between the rapture and when that happens i don't i don't necessarily think there's going to be a lot of time but you don't know how long long that gap is going to be so i think the raptured church i think you know if we're we're able to know in heaven you know kind of what what's coming or be able to see spiritually who or will we even care is. we'll yeah. be too busy worshiping well i think we care i think we care uh i think you see that in in revelation how much longer for those that are being martyred you know coming out of the tribulation right they're, they're, how much longer right so i think they're they, they care I think for the rapture church, though, uh, you'll be like, oh, it was that guy. But I don't think he'll be on the scene until. <laughs> Donald? <laughs> right. Right. It was that dude. Right. Um, because he'll be on the scene when the church is raptured, I, I believe. Again, there could be a gap in between that. Now, yeah. I don't think he'll be a, a hugely prominent figure to where he is, you know, in that large of a position he works his way up throughout the process of the, of the tribulation to the point where three and a half years in he is the one that everybody looks to again i think he'll be on the scene for all of that but somewhat lurking in the shadows if you will yeah i mean like, like how well known will he be you know until that by point comes. you know in in some and and whatever nation he actually arises out of i'm sure he'll be pretty well known but you know on the world stage probably not just greatly known um but as time starts to go i mean obviously if he brokers peace in the mid-east um, probably time that's man world of news. the year yeah, you know what i mean news. i mean the nobel peace prize you know i'm sure he gets that sort of stuff uh, and and becomes more and more famous has more and more answers and you know things are going to be uh, built more towards him at that point and then three and a half years in um that's when he sets himself up as god and yeah. really steps into that role well a lot to get into from from Sunday's uh, message, but yeah, one chapter thing, thirteen's got a lot. Uh, it does, and we only covered the first ten. That's right. verses of it. Yeah. Um, one thing I want you to maybe expound upon. I don't know if you can briefly, but briefly explaining what you need to explain, though. Uh, but Daniel's vision. Um, you you did explain it Sunday. I just felt like, man, like it's a lot you, to have to. Try almost to wanted match to say, up. can you say that one more time? Sure. You know, so can you can you unpack that because apparently, um, you know, this is something that is, um, it needs to be understood. Kind of like right with reading this this chapter, it needs to be understood. So break so break this down for us. Daniel's vision, Daniel two and Daniel seven. Yeah. So in the book of Daniel, he he really has four visions um nebuchadnezzar who is the king of babylon uh, he has a dream uh, and he can't interpret the dream he wants the dream interpreted so daniel comes and he interprets the dream this is daniel 2 and the dream is of a statue and it's made of different elements uh, gold, silver, bronze, iron, and then the feet are a mixture of iron and, and clay. And in the in the dream, uh, there's a mountain that this statue is next to, and this large boulder is taken out of this mountain, this large rock, if you will. And it kind of flies through the air and lands on the statue's feet. 
the statue basically crumbles into chafe and then the wind blows it and then the mountain or the 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 the, the boulder that crushed the statue just just grows and grows and fills all fills all the earth Daniel has another vision in Daniel 7 uh, of these various beasts. But Daniel 7 and Daniel 2 are really saying the same thing, just in different ways. Daniel 2 is more of an earthly picture of how individuals will, will see from an earthly perspective. And then Daniel 7 is basically what God sees from a heavenly perspective. And it's all the story of these nations that are looking forward in the days of Daniel. Uh, John will look backwards at them. So Babylon was the world empire at the time that Daniel has his vision. In fact, he's in captivity, right? So if you, those of you that are familiar with the book of Daniel, um, Nebuchadnezzar comes in, takes some of the best of the best of the young men of Judah and Israel and brings them to um, Babylon. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three boys of Babylon, uh, Daniel, they're brought, they're brought there. They don't eat the king's meat. They go on the veggie diet, you know what I'm saying? And uh, Even place a little wager. Yes, that's yep. right. Yep. So, yep. Hey, just story. test yep, us. Yep, yep. Look, at, look, look at us. So that, that's the time. They're in Babylon, uh, and it is the world empire. And so in this vision in Daniel 2, he interprets the dream for Nebuchadnezzar and he says to him that these various elements that the statue is made up of represent nations. The head of gold is the nation of Babylon. Then it's going to come after that succeeding nations. Now they're going to kind of decline in quality, if you will, uh, but yet Hence the gold, the silver, but yet the, they increase yeah. in strength. Okay. So the, the head is gold, which represents Babylon. Then the, the, uh, empire that took over after Babylon was Medo-Persia. Uh, if you remember the story of Daniel, where the king is drinking from some of the things that were taken out of the Royal treasury of Judah. And then there's handwriting on the wall, shekel, shekel, whatever. Par, par se, I forget exactly what they say. But, and then uh, Darius the Mede, the, the, the Medo-Persian Empire, comes in and, and destroys the Babylonian Empire, and they take over. Well, that's the, the upper body of silver. Then after the Medo-Persian Empire is what is the bronze abdomen and um, kind of lower or upper area of the, the, the stomach, uh, and that is... Uh, Greece. So Alexander the Great is the empire that comes in after the Medo-Persians, and he conquers all of the known world. And so the Grecian Empire is set up. The Grecian Empire is then divided into to four empires, which the legs of iron represent the Roman Empire, conquers those four kingdoms and basically the, the, the known world. Um, it's split into two, the eastern and the western part of the Roman Empire, and that's what the two legs represents. But there's a foreshadowing of uh, another empire that is to come, and that is the picture of the feet of iron mixed with clay. So clay is trying to kind of be uh, adhered to the, the, the iron, and that represents the, the kingdom of the Antichrist. It represents a revived Roman Empire. Uh, hence the iron but mixed with clay. So some of the nations are going to be a lot stronger than some of the other nations that help comprise this. So you got ten toes. We'll see that there's also ten kings, which speaks of ten nations that help make this conglomeration. So the earthly perspective is these nations look powerful and there's riches and there's strength. We see gold, silver, bronze, and iron. We see this this picture. Um in Daniel 7, you get the, the heavenly picture of these same nations, but yet now they're in the forms of various beasts, and they're created, uh, they're creatures. So God sees them where man sees them as strong and, and mighty and rich. God looks and sees them as nothing more. These are things that I've created. They're, they're, they're a part of my creation, 
and they're rebelling against me, acting like beasts. So he sees them for what they, they really are, and that's what Daniel 7 gives us, uh, that heavenly perspective, uh, more the spiritual kind of backdrop to what the earthly pictures of these things are. And in it, the first thing he sees is a lion with eagle's wings, and that speaks of Babylon. In fact, the Babylonians often depicted uh, kind of the, the picture, the emblem of their empire as a lion with, with eagle's wings. Uh, you see that in a lot of, their, uh, lot of their artwork and architecture that had survived from, from that day. Then there's a, a bear, and it's lifted up on one side, and it's gnawing on three ribs. And that's the Medo-Persian Empire. Uh, and it really speaks to the fact that the Persian Empire was stronger than the other past. So it's really two that kind of joined together as one, the Medo-Persian Empire. But the Persian side of it was much stronger. That's the picture of the, the, the bear lifted up on one side because one side supports the other a, a little bit more than, 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 than anybody else. Then uh, he sees a beast in Daniel 7 that looks like a leopard, but it has four heads and four wings. Um, the, the, the Grecian Empire, led by Alexander the Great, they were all about speed, where the Medo-Persians, they, they were just strong like a bear. In fact, they, the way they really brought about victory is they would just send as many people. They just had to overwhelm people. you. They just yeah. overwhelm you. Uh, the Babylonians, they were very regal and royal in kind of just the way that they, they operated. Very kingly, very, you know, the lions and the eagles, the king of the beasts, the king of the air, that, that kind of um, way that they ruled and governed. And then, but the, 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 the leopard with the four wings uh, and the four heads, remember the, the Grecian Empire upon Alexander the Great's death was broken up into four parts. So you see the four wings, you see the four heads, but it also speaks of just they were lightning fast. So they were they were light. They they man, they would hit and hit quick and they were very they're very speedy. Um, and then the, the Roman Empire, which was the iron, that's the strongest out of all of them. I mean, they were just military might. Uh, and so there is that 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 picture of those four uh, representing in Daniel seven what the four represented in Daniel two. So tie that into the blasphemous beast, the first right. part of your, your sermon. Right. So when you read into the text, when, when you read uh, in Revelation 13, uh, let me pull it up real quick. That way I have it exactly as. So Revelation 13 says, And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. This isn't the first time we're introduced to this beast. That's why Daniel's visions are so important because he, he also sees these beasts rising up out of this, this sea. And in his vision, there is a future beast that, that is to come. It is the revived Roman Empire that the Antichrist will, will lead. And so in Daniel 7, 7 and 8, it says, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast. Now this is talking about Rome. Terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth that devoured and broken pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. So back to Revelation 13, sees this beast come out of the sea and has these ten horns. Now, the, the horns obviously are coming out of this beast, and that's why many individuals refer to uh, the nation that the Antichrist is going to rule or the conglomeration of nations as a, a revived Roman Empire. Um, I consider the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one. So there's actually an eleventh horn, and it's a little horn that sprouts out of one of the ten horns. Now, these ten horns represent nations. So he's going to come out of, the, the, there's going to be a ten-nation conglomeration, and out of one of those is where the Antichrist is going to, to come from. Before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. So three of these horns of the ten that represent kings or kingdoms are going to be plucked up by this little horn. In other words, there's going to be ten that start. He's actually going to come to full power by disposing of three of the kings. And then those nations give all of their allegiance along with the other seven over to the little horn, the eleventh, which is the Antichrist. 
And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and mouth speaking great things. Then you jump down to verses 23 and 25 of Daniel 7, and it speaks on this a little bit more. Thus he said, as for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all the kingdoms, and it shall devour, devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it to pieces. As for the ten horns, now again, that's Rome. As for the ten horns out of this kingdom, ten kings shall rise. Now there's been a lot of individuals that tried to make this fit the Roman Empire, but and they find different Caesars to try to be these ten kings, but that all those kings ruled in succession. Here, the these ten kings are all ruling simultaneously. So that has never happened, right? So again, a revived Roman empire. Now, who all consists of this ten nations? Nobody really knows. Uh, the Romans spread out all over, you know, the known world, basically, and covered so much ground. Uh, so will it be different members that comprise the Roman Empire, different countries that comprise the Roman Empire back then? Or is it just going to be ten nations in the sense that how Rome conquered basically the whole world, these ten nations will have conquered the, the whole world, and then ultimately they'll give their power over to the Antichrist. I don't, I don't necessarily know that. So verse 24 of Daniel 7 says, As for the ten horns out of this kingdom, ten kings shall arise, and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the former ones and shall put down three kings. So again, we see the explanation of the little horn and the three horns that were plucked out. He shall speak words against the Most High. In other words, he'll be blasphemous. He'll blaspheme the things of God and the people of God and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. So he's going to persecute them and shall think to change the times and the law, and they shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. In other words, for three and a half years, he will have his dominant reign as king over this one world government, this one world economic system, this one world religion. So then you fast forward a little bit back into the book of Revelation to Revelation 17, and you start to see what is first mentioned in Revelation 13, even built upon further in Revelation 17. In verses 8 through 13, it says, The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. So there's a lot of different takes on um, what this means about the Antichrist. So this is a reference to the Antichrist. He was, he is not, and he's about to rise from the bottomless pit. We see in Revelation 13 that the Antichrist receives a mortal head wound, but he is revived. Now, whether that is, you know, an illusion, if you will, kind of, you know. They, How that's going to play yeah, out. Yeah. Or if he actually is killed and is brought back to life, you know, there's some debate uh, on that. I don't necessarily know one way or the other. The text seems to present itself as he will actually die, and by some power of Satan, he will bring him back to life as a counterfeit resurrection of, of, of Christ. I don't know, you know, if Satan has that power, but there are some that definitely project that to be the reality. It says that he was, so he once lived, but he is not, uh, and is about to rise from the bottomless pit. So he lived, he, he died, and now he, he's, he's coming back. There are some people that believe that's Judas Iscariot. And the reason why they say that is because the only, there are only two people in all of Scripture that are referred to as the son of perdition. That's Judas and the Antichrist. So there are some individuals, some scholars, some people that I, I really think very highly of that believe that it's basically going to be uh, Satan incarnate into Judas Iscariot, that he'll be brought out of the bottomless pit and he'll be the one that is um, possessed by Satan just like he was the night that he betrayed Jesus and that it'll be Judas that, that returns. I don't, I don't know about all that. That that seems like pretty far stretched just based on the name of uh, Son of Perdition. And I mean, they use a couple other things, but to me, it's, they're not that strong of reasonings. But the, the Antichrist, he, he dies or appears to die and is brought back, even if it's not a true resurrection. The world's going to think it is because they're going to think, obviously, he's God. Uh, he's, they're going to think he's the Messiah, and they're going to start worshiping them, him as God. And only true believers will know the difference. Then it says, And the dwellers on the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast, because it was and is not and is to come. 
this calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. So again, this is, I believe, tying in to Rome. So Rome and a lot of their imagery has these seven hills. They were built on seven hills uh, where this woman is seated. They are also seven kings, five of whom have fallen. One is the other has not yet come. So there's been six world empires that have ruled all of the world at, at one time. Um, and that was the Assyrian Empire, the Egyptian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, uh, and the Grecian Empire. So that's five. So there it says that five have fallen. So those world empires exist no longer. Uh, then it says in Revelation 17, one is. Well, when John was writing this in 96 A.D., somewhere right around there, give or take a year or two, the Roman Empire was in full effect. They wouldn't really dissolve until the early 300 A.D.s. And so uh, five have fallen. One is the other has not yet come. And that's looking forward to the revived Roman Empire that the Antichrist will, will head up. And when he does come, he must remain only a little while. So uh, he'll really only be the world dictator for three and a half years. As for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth, but it belongs to the to the seven, and it goes to destruction. So this is a picture again of the little horn popping out of one of the ten horns. So he's saying he belongs to the seventh. In other words, the 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 nation itself, this this conglomeration of ten nations. But he's going to become an eighth kingdom in and of himself because they're all going to give their power over to him. So these ten that are ruling together as 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 one are really going to elevate him to the status of world leader and they're going to give all of their power and all of their armies over to him to be used as he sees fit so that's i don't know does that help did that that clear up I I anything whatsoever i just think it's important to know i mean one just Man, how cool is, is God's Word, just like back in Isn't Daniel. Isn't it amazing? I mean, those are things that you're not just going to gather from just reading the text. You know, that's why it's important to really study it and um, do do an in-depth look at what you're reading. That's right. Um, especially in those moments when you go, uh, what is that? What does that oh, mean? Oh man, there's you so know? there's so much, and and it goes even you know you can really get into that because there's also two other uh, you know visions where um, some of this is explained uh, to some degree even a little bit more about the uh, there's these two goats that that he sees in this one vision, and one of them has two horns, and you get into all. I mean, there's a lot more that kind of dives sure. into that. But as far as Revelation 13 yeah. goes, Daniel 2 and 7 are important to understand when he says a beast is rising out of the sea that has these ten horns. Well, you know, it's got seven heads and uh, ten, ten horns and... And these ten diadems and names written. Well, all it's over so easy to go, huh? That's head, weird, and just know, keep reading. It's, it's just so that's why right. it's good to know. Yeah, and and you wouldn't know that apart from the Old Testament, right? Uh, yeah. So there's, I mean, the more and more I study Revelation, the more and more I, I find myself in the Book of Daniel, the Book of Isaiah, and the Book of Ezekiel. Or well, Ezekiel, yes, but Zechariah. If you and really want to know a lot about Revelation which mentions the most out of the Old Testament of any book because it's the culmination of it all. That's the, I think that's why Revelation is somewhat of a difficult book to, to study out because it, it really is the culmination of the previous 65 books. Uh, you, you, you really need to know Scripture entirely. Like, don't start with Revelation. Like, be, I, I want to see what, how the, the world right. ends. And, you know, I'm fascinated by this. So, uh, you know, uh, where most people typically run yeah. into problems as they start either reading the Bible as a book starting in Genesis and I'm going to read through and then they hit Leviticus and they're about halfway in Leviticus right. and they're like, I don't know. What in the a lot world. of law there. Yeah. Yeah. And same thing with Revelation. Don't right. start in Revelation because it really is the culmination of everything. It ties in everything. That's why, man, it's so detailed and so deep. Uh, but, I mean, the book of Zechariah really... Uh, 
that and Daniel are so important to really understand the fulfillment of the various prophecies that are made in those books that are found here in the book of Revelation. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so good. Yeah, his word is rich and mm. is life-giving. It's, it's interesting how, you know, just in your explanation there, I mean, you can you can you can pluck out just how um, you know Satan is trying, and you'd mentioned this, but just trying to be like God. You know, even right. till the moment today, yeah. or until this plays out, like yeah, you know that's what he wanted in the beginning, and he that's how he all fell. The worship, yeah, and so even to this moment, I mean, he's copying basically the 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 death and resurrection of Jesus with this beast, and I mean, just all, all yeah. these different things that. Um, you had mentioned something about his, um, what was it, the earthly ministry, Jesus' earthly ministry, right. roughly three and a half years. Right. He's going to reign for three and a half years. You know, just all these yeah. similarities that, yeah. um, I don't know, it's just, it's interesting. Oh, man. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And what 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 is, you know, you, you look at even a little bit deeper. So, you know, the, the Roman Empire, uh, they their mission was Pax Romana. Uh, basically, we're going to bring peace by the sword. Yeah. So we're going to bring peace to this earth, but we're going to do so through military might. This this empire that the Antichrist is going to rule over, which is the revived Roman Empire, same thing. He's going to yeah. promise peace. Sure. Hey, I'm bringing peace to this world. Now, for us to accomplish it, there's going to have to be some war and some destruction, and we're going to basically bring peace by the end of our swords. And and that's what you're going to see. You know, he's mentioned as one who worships the the god of fortresses. In other words, he worships his military might. He worships his own strength, his own yeah. power. And so, but it's going to be billed as we're bringing peace. I mean, and that what most government systems. This is really for your own good. Well, it doesn't seem like it's for your own <laughs> yeah. good. But well, it's going yeah. to bring peace. It's going to bring. It's what everybody peace. wants. Yeah. Right. And and many people will freely give up all of their rights for this perceived peace. And you'll see that as we get into looking at the economic system. And this week we'll we'll look at the mark of the beast, the six six six, and what is oh, that? Oh goodness! What does that mean? So we'll we'll we jump could do into an episode that. on that in and of itself. Oh, man, there's so many different things that people, you know, oh. take and run with that. But, you know, it's interesting to just study that out and and, yeah. and to see. And, and we'll get into that. We'll get into the economic system this week that, you know, he has a, you basically can't buy anything unless you have the mark of the beast. And, and man, it, it really is. It paints a very gloomy picture. But in typical Revelation fashion, Jesus, we'll see coming out of Revelation 13 where it just seems so heavy and so dark. Revelation 14 is one of those ones where it's kind of like, spoiler alert, like, let me let me remind you, there's yeah. coming a great Don't lose harvest. Hope. There's a day of a yeah. great harvest, and that's what we'll see in Revelation 14. Well, something else in this in this message from Sunday, um, I mean, you had, you had actually just explained a lot in, in your um, hour and a half um debriefing that you just gave <laughs> <laughs> well man listen that's the thing it, you can't just fly uh, no, no, through no, that but, quickly yeah no no absolutely not I'm, it's it's important i'm glad you i'm, nah, glad you said I'm, that. I'm just yeah um, thank, thanks for asking the question and then getting getting upset about the answer i'm just sitting here looking at the time on our how, how far, so far are we into it 38 minutes oh man that's okay yeah it's, no i'm not saying that i'm just saying yeah i think you right. started at like 22 yeah or Hey, no, maybe even twelve. I hey, don't know. Listen, man, it doesn't There's matter. Irregardless, um, one thing I, I I thought was interesting that that is so common. You know, there's so, there's a lot of things we see in today's world that are like, oh man, like man, we're getting close in right. times. Like right. man, we are not far away. And one of those things that you had talked about, uh, you had called it the Babylon blind. I think didn't scripture call it that too, or like that? Well, section? they call it the mystery, the, the mystery Babylon. So okay. even though it's a revived Roman Empire, it, 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 and I think that you know, I don't know they'll be called the Roman Empire. I don't even know they'll be yeah. called Babylon. That's what scripture calls it because right. ultimately that is well, and that it would have made sense in that day, right? Um, but the spirit of just kind of like how this encompasses just people who are lost. And their spirit, and how you know you make a great God, and yeah, oh, you, you know about that these days, and, and yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, the, there's so many, so much common uh, ground 
yeah in this that but yeah. it's also like look around like that's right. that's such a, a common theme um that we see today i mean and, and the reality is that um you don't i mean you don't make a good god uh, if you did then you would probably be god right <laughs> you know yeah um but but just knowing like when when you were saying all that stuff i don't know why this popped in my head but for people who don't read the bible don't know christ whether it's by complete rebellion or literally that random island in Indonesia that right. heard of the gospel. Right. Um, the how like <laughs> how scared some Christians like okay, let me say it this way. I got it now. These people have who who don't know Christ, they have no idea. What's like, coming? What's coming? Like, right. like we have we have the the roadmap basically, right? Uh, and that's what we're walking through. I mean, in these days, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And and we can, you know, somewhat identify those things now. I mean, just with you know th- this Babylonian spirit and and stuff. But the people of the world today, and when I say of the world, like lost, yeah. I mean, just think about it. Like, they're they're not going to actually know what's going on. Like, it's going to be the end of the world right before their eyes, and they have no idea. Yeah. They have no idea. Right. Like, to me, that's crazy. That That's just an absolute, like, especially in a, in a day and in a time where people want to plan their lives out, and they want to know, you know, what am I, like, like, a big deal right now is, you know, where are you going to be in five years from now? What are you investing in? What are you doing? Yeah. This? Like, where, where did you see yourself in this? You know, right. and it's like, I mean, I feel like that all plays into they have no idea what's coming. And how scary is that to not know? I mean, because if you're if you're someone who's lost and you see this peace treaty signed, you're applauding. Man. Oh, wonderful. Absolutely. Wonderful. Absolutely. Then you see someone take a mortal wound and get revived and you're like oh my goodness i had a friend once who said that the guy they worship died and came back to life too right. this must be that guy like right yeah let's let's go with you know like yeah. to sure. their destruction yeah it's literally to their destruction yeah man blind um the blind lean the blind and so that's why the babylonian blind the way you phrase that that's what it got me thinking of like not only are they lost, but they have no idea what they're in for. No. Um, no. And this isn't really going anywhere, <laughs> like, uh, necessarily. I, but I just wanted to point that, like, I just... It is... I don't it know, is man. To, it's to it's, think it's about a, that, that reality. And I think that's, you know, put this, the impetus back on us to say, we need to go tell people. Now, yeah. again, I you know, I don't know you start Revelation 13 with your gospel presentation, but, you know... It's better to start there than not start at all. Well, there you go, I... Man, there you that, go. That is fantastic. I love that. Um, but I, I pray that this encourages, and that's been the heart, you know, from the very beginning. I've touched on it every week, but you know, the book of Revelation is really meant, one, to increase our worship because we see what we're being saved from, what Christ has saved us from. So, man, we ought to be worshiping with greater intensity. And then, two, it ought to increase an urgency in our hearts and lives to go and share the gospel with other individuals because if Christ were to return today they would be separated they would go through this tribulation they would experience all this pain and suffering so we need to make sure that we are telling the the good news of Jesus Christ to as many people as we possibly can yeah so one of the things that we had talked about on Sunday was um, how important it is to have discernment yeah because Mm. in this time there's going one. to be a huge, I mean, obviously, there's a huge lack of discernment. Sure. Um, yeah, let's give all of our resources and power over to this one right. person. Like, you know that's not going to go well. Right. Um, and so, I mean, just talk a little bit on, it is vital for a believer to, you had called them um, the spiritual absolutes. Right. Like, how do you how do you grow in your discernment? Yeah. Well, they have spiritual absolutes, yeah, kind of the sun, and people would classify it as the Sunday school answers of read your Bible, pray, you know, those type of things. And that is far. I mean, that's a large part. But of that it, is, right? but that is, and it, but that's what I'm saying. Like, 
these are so important that Absolutely. it's not just praying. It's not That's just right. reading your Bible. Um, because yeah, there will be such preparing. a great... It is absolutely. Yeah. Prayer and scripture readings, you know, scripture memorization, those things. I mean, you're really preparing yourself for, for battle uh, each day. These are, in large part, your your main weapons that you're given. Yeah. And you need to know them, and you need to be familiar with them, and you need to utilize them and implement them each and every moment of so, each and every so day. So talk, talk to us about the importance of having discernment. Um, obviously, in your daily life, you decide things all the time, right. probably without even thinking. And most of the time, it probably works out okay. Yeah. Um, but this is an eternal impact. Right. Um, and so talk talk to us about, man, how important discernment is, especially in the culture today, but also, you know, we see it playing out here yeah, uh, in Revelation. I, I mean, it's everything. It's, it's the filter in which you base your decisions upon whether right or wrong, whether that, you know, that's scriptural or whether that's worldly. I mean, discernment is really, in essence, it is knowing God's word and how to apply it to your life um, in, in various situations. And so, I mean, it is so key because the devil is a liar. Um, He's a deceiver. And so he never really comes at you as the, you know, two-horn, pitchfork monster. Um, A lot of the times, I mean, he comes at you as that angel of light, you know, he's masquerading as angel of light. And you've got to be able to discern that. What's interesting is both Muhammad, the prophet Muhammad, um, I'd say the obviously the false prophet Muhammad and Joseph Smith who uh, Muhammad received word from from yeah supposedly word from God um, and Joseph Smith same thing they both said when they first were visited they didn't know if they were talking to a devil uh, in Muhammad's case a jinn a demon uh, they didn't know if they were talking to a demon or an angel uh, which is so interesting to me that these these two false religions, uh, both of the individuals that are the originators Very prominent of this religions too. Yes, I mean, yeah. uh, both of them, and when you look at the history of how they received um, the the word from from God, as they would say, they both said, yeah, "I really didn't know if I was talking to a demon or an angel." Well, that's a pretty big red flag in Scripture. Nobody is saying. I didn't know if it was an angel. They knew that they were sent from 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 God with a word from from God, and so, uh, you know, discernment is so important because it helps you to really know what is true and what is false. And we live in a world now where, man, you know, fake news is a big thing. How do you know what to trust? How do you know who to trust? How how do you know what's real? You got those deep fake videos now where. They look real, and is it is is it real? Who do you trust? Do you know? Listen, if if you have any other filter than God's word, you're going to be so confused. You've got to run everything through God's word, and so that's why it's so important. Because the more and more we go towards the end times, the more and more you're going to see an increase in you know muddying up the waters between reality and God's truth and the world and, you know, false truths and false religions. And you need to know how to be able to detect uh, one from the other. And so discernment is key. Yeah. It's absolutely key. Yeah, I mean, in, in the, you know, a lot of the things I see today, unfortunately, um, is, and, and, you know, people that I'm, I'm friends with will, will talk about, well, this certain pastor says this, mm-hmm. or, well, that's not what this person says about it, and right. and their their scripture almost is what Stephen Furtick says, yeah, or you know what Craig Rochelle says, and and there's right. nothing. I'm not blasting those two individuals. I'm just saying you have people who are banking their whole yeah, life. Yeah, you need to check. You need to be around a, a person who is right. a fallen, broken person. Yeah. Whoever it is. Whoever right? it may be. Whether it's th- those two or uh, a John MacArthur or uh, 
John Piper. I mean, yeah. you need to you need to make sure that you're checking right. what it is that they're saying with with scripture. Um, you, man, I, I pray people are checking what I'm saying against scripture because man, you need to you need to know right if what you're being taught is scripturally based now again there are some areas i'm where, about to say there are some things where it's okay to agree yeah disagree. That, you're right exactly but you know there are some key things that i think you need to really be on the alert of where some of it and you mentioned one guy in particular <laughs> uh, that i mean i would say yeah the dude gets a little out there well it's a wolf wrapped in sheep's clothing i right. mean it, well, and that again, that's that's what that's the enemy. The look. That's, that's the what look. the enemy will. That's yeah. what the enemy will do. And and right. you know, make no mistake about it. Uh, when the the church is raptured, there's going to be some individuals that You're went like, to oh, church. Went to church. Went to church. You know, every week, but they don't really know the Lord, right? Uh, and so there's going to be this ecumenical kind of. That's how we get to one world religion. Well, you know, you already see the workings of it now. We all worship the same God in a way. Let's just all get along. And, right. You know, your God is your, you just call God a different name than I call God. Right. And again, that's where discernment comes in is people can use a lot of the same terminology, but their definitions are completely different. Yeah. So a lot of people talk about Jesus, but their definition of Jesus is one that is completely different yeah. than evangelical Christianity. Well, I think Shane Pruitt said it, said it best. There's going to be a lot of committees in hell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because then Baptists, we love to have committees. Yeah. Yeah. Being a Baptist doesn't guarantee, right? Belong to a denomination doesn't guarantee. uh, It's do you belong to Jesus? Have you repented of your sins and placed your faith and trust in in Jesus Christ? And so, man, I just, I see such a lack of discernment within the church. Uh, You do kind of scratch your head and they're like, why do so many people go to that individual's church? Um, they're not teaching the gospel. Like, how do people not see that? Like, I find that strange sometimes. Right. Why is Lakewood so big? I'll just throw it out there. Why? Why so many people yeah. go hear Joe Osteen? Well, people want to hear the better you. Right. Your exactly. blessings but, are coming. But but line that up with scripture. Like, make that. Well, that's what I'm saying. They they and, look and to they him don't. as right. their scripture. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. great point. That's a great point. Anyway. It's very important. That's I just wanted you to bring up discernment because that was a, a big thing you had talked about. And, you know, I mean, it, I, I think it's it's crucial because not only do you need discernment just to decide what's best for your family. Yeah. Um, but also discernment to decide what's best for your eternity. Right. Um, and what's true Amen. within God's word or not. And so yeah. uh, lastly. Uh, this is kind of one of our longer episodes, but that's okay. Hey, they keep they We're keep getting longer. Here. They keep getting longer, but it, it, just break it up into two. You more know? longer, more better. I think so. <laughs> I think but the so. last thing, um, man, the 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 book of life, and you had talked about, and I've always grown up. I've always known it as the Lamb's Book of Life. That's right, man. Oh man, that brings so many sweet memories back to me with my my nanny and. Mm. Um, just the sweetness she was and how she taught me about the Lord and yeah. uh, Lamb's Book of Life is what she'd always tell me. Yeah. It's the Lamb's. You want your name in that Lamb's Book of Life, yes, baby. Yes, you do. Yes, you know, you type of do. Thing. Man. Um, but I loved how you had phrased it that, that this book, it contains the names of the forgiven, of the faithful, and the fruitful. Yeah. Um, man, that's who we are in Christ. That's right. Um. And that's something that, I mean, I was reading today in just, you know, my own time. And, you know, it's, you always get to a book where, you know, you've read it before. And, you know, it's, it's and you, you go away, man, that's good. You know, that's, mm, that's good. There's some truth there, whatever. But sometimes it just hits you. And I love the, the, the beginning of Ephesians 1. Mm. Ephesians it, itself is fantastic it's so good yeah. but one of my Ephesians favorite one one of my 66 and favorites. i just wrote out some things from it today and and some of those are in christ we've been given every spiritual blessing because we don't fight with flesh and blood it's a spiritual battle yeah and that's something we had talked about a few weeks ago in christ we have redemption through his blood jesus which is the forgiveness of sins mm. and in turn we're given the riches of god's grace 
in Christ, we as believers are one church, the body, under one head, Jesus. Hmm. In Christ, we've been given the gospel, and having believed, we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is our deposit, guaranteeing right. our inheritance and Amen. eternal life. Um, man, that's the, those are things that this book of believers, that's that's us, right? Those are the things we have in Christ. But um, this book, right? Let's talk about this book for a minute. Um, Revelation, let's see, I'm going to pull it up. Just so, Do you have it pulled up? I do. Why don't you read that that section for us? Uh, Revelation thirteen seven says, "Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation." And then verse eight: "All who dwell on the earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear." If anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and the faith of the saints. That's good. So the the before the foundation of the world in the book of life, the Lamb who was slain. So right. everyone whose name has not been written. Uh, this is kind of on the other side of it, right? right. But Revelation um, twenty. Revelation twenty. That that's yeah. what it was. That's what it was. Twenty or nineteen. I think it was twenty. Sorry, folks, bear with us. Yeah, twenty. Twenty eleven through fifteen. That's it. Then yep, I right saw here. a great white throne and him who was see- seated on it. From his presence earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Uh, Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, uh, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Mm. You want your name in that book. Man, Man, I just... What a what a beautiful picture that to me what I think of is, you know, this is just my my thought, but you know, when you place your your faith in Christ, um, you know, not only do angels rejoice, yeah, not only does the Lord know, but there's time taken to mm-hmm. write your name down yeah, in a good. book of life yeah. that can never be erased. That's right. Like the, just the thought that goes, I mean, y- you talk a lot about the intentionality of, you know, handwritten letters say a lot. Right. To write, to take time to write something down and send it to somebody. Yeah. There's a there's a personal touch to that. Right. There's a component that you can't get over a text message, right? That's what I think of here. Yeah. That's, that's what I think of. I think the Lord takes time or whoever, whatever, an angel, whatever. Yeah, whoever is charged with that. Right. Yeah. That's pro- I want that job. But I've seen your handwriting. You ain't getting it. Well, you got some good handwriting for Maybe that'd be my job. I mean, somebody's already doing it, That's so true. I don't know. But they take the time to write your name down and yeah, put a dot at the end of it. Yeah. It is done. It's finished. He's in. You know, that's yeah. just a... That is cool. I want that picture. job. I want, if, that's a, if that's up for, you know, grabs when I get there. It might be. Man, I'd, I'd like that. That'd be nice. Anyway. That'd be cool to write down. Here's another one. Who is it? Let me get to write down. Yeah. You know, little Timmy's name. Yeah. Be great. <laughs> we use little Timmy a lot little around Timmy. here. Timmy, we do. Little Timmy. Just but, but I love that. I love the, I mean, just that, that last Lance Book of Life, having your name in it. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, the Lord. you know, talk about that for just a second. What is that? Obviously, that is... Um, a good picture of how you can never lose your salvation. Right. Um, that you are secured in the hand of the Father, right? Um, but that is the call, right? That's the message. Is your name written right. in the Lamb's Lamb's yeah. Book of Life? Yeah, and I think the important part is is knowing, okay, how does that, how does that come about? Um, how is that, you know, accomplished? Well, so many other religions, whether they would talk about a, a book of life or not, that, you know, the answer to eternal life 
is various things that depend on you to do. And that is the complete antithesis to the gospel, which says, you know, it's about everything that Christ is, it's not about what you have done. And so I think that's the most important thing to, to think of when we think about the Lamb's Book of Life is it's his book in the sense, right? It's, it's, it belongs to him. And the only ones that get their name written in it are those that have recognized him. That belong him, to him, yeah. Yeah, and place their faith and trust in into him. And so, um, you know, that that's the important thing is that we try to grab the, the pen uh, to write our own destiny, if you will. And really, life will never have its true purpose or meaning until you give that pen over to Christ, where you put it in his hand, because he's the only one that can write your name in there. I mean, again, yeah. that maybe he's not the one that's literally I wonder what kind of pen. Or kind what of kind of that they're using? Because you like some good pens. I do like a pen. Yeah, it's I, the best pen you ain't never heard of. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I bet that it's just nice and thick oh man, and just, just perfect. Man, those just are perfect. just you know when you have a nice pen versus not a nice pen. Yeah, I mean, there's oh, a huge you, difference. Yeah, people. You, that's one of the things of adulthood where you really kind of get attached to. A we pen got <laughs> this. Know. Makes me laugh. We got a. So I had a. I had some mail. I don't know why it comes to me, but we had some mail in the mailbox last week and it was from a pen company and it was addressed to me. So, you know, it was put on my desk and I open it and, you know, it's them wanting us to get some some new pens. Yeah. Well, Brian, just being the guy he is, just kind of pops his head in to my office and goes, that sure is a nice pen you got. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not mine. And but um, anyway, and he. We started writing with it, and it's like, man, this is a nice. Yeah. And he was like, "Can I have it?" And yeah. I was like, "Here, Brian, you can have yeah. my pen." Yeah. Uh, and and now that's the only pen he uses. I see right. him use it all the time. Yeah. Um, but just the the value of a nice pen. Yeah. I have no idea how we got on onto that from oh, the I can Lamb's tell you. Book of Life. I can tell you. To, to, you got to write it down. To pen. We use yeah. pens you, to write you, things you, down. You, you, we do. We do. Yes, we Maybe do. Maybe it's and in I'm Sharpie. Sure it'll be, you know, angelic and in nature. Yeah. I bet it you glows. Um, I don't know what it does, you know. but it's it writes, good to speculate. It, yeah, it writes names down, and those names that are written down, uh, written down for eternity. You know, well, even in even in such a kind of a weird, maybe even scary text, just reading it about this yeah. beast and having the uh, the authority given from Satan to, you know, to conquer the saints and all this stuff, yeah. right? Like we still have something we can pull out from it that gives us hope and, That's and right. just a. Uh, the love that Christ it's has. It's infused and, all throughout yeah. this book. I know it's painted as a book of gloom and doom, and, and, you know, for those that reject Christ, in many ways it is, but yet you see the grace and the hope that is all throughout each of these verses right there, and that thread running throughout all of the entirety of the 22 chapters of Revelation. And yeah. so, yeah, it was a good so Sunday. Good. It was a good, good message. Looking forward this week. Yeah. What do you got coming up? Uh, we're going to be looking at the false prophet this week Okay, and look at finish out revelation 13, um, focused in on, on that. And then, um, man, we'll, we'll, we'll do revelation 14 and 15. Uh, we'll, we'll jump back in probably taking chapters at a time. Yeah. Uh, working our way through. So we're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. Slowly but surely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for. And for 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 rocking with us, that's right. Um, you know, that's we got right. another review. Thank from, you, uh, cheese, cheese four. four, cheese four. We don't know who you are uh, and, using uh, um, aliases. Be nice if people would use their real names. Yes, but um, in the review, you had mentioned you need to be praying for Alex and Grace. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't doubt that for a minute. That's right. But on that note. Why don't you give us a, a rate, write us a review. Uh, I had to show somebody how to even do that this week. Yeah. So if you don't know, just come ask. That's right. We'll show you. That's right. We'd love to just hear from you. We'd love to just, just hear from you. You know. you know what we need to do? We need to create like a... A call in? Like a, a text in, in or like an yeah. email in to where maybe we can do... We ought to do some segments. Maybe we'll look into doing some some fun segments to kind of kick off shows and then we'll get into it or yeah, something. Yeah, that'd be fun. 
Yeah. Maybe bone, keep it keep it spicy a little yeah. bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, thanks Thank for rocking for, with that's us. That's right. Thank you. We we do enjoy doing this and so uh I'm I'm hoping that you enjoy it as well. And to our friends in um I think I think we have um four I don't want to leave these people out because it's important. Yeah. We have I'm I'm looking it up right now. We have four let's see. Obviously America is represented, but okay, so we have um some individuals in Sweden. Really? Uh some individuals in Haiti. Dude, how cool is and that? And Mexico that are rocking with us. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. You're listening. Thank you, man. We're we in Coweta, that. Oklahoma, so we're that's glad right. you're joining yeah, us. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, cool stuff. Praise cool the stuff. Lord. Um, that's all we have for, for this week's episode. Catch us back next week for another episode of the Community Recap Podcast. No cap. All, all truth. truth. Peace out. See ya.